Hello and welcome to Elite Rugby Banter. It's a podcast about rugby and this week and every week I guess till uh, the end of October, early November, World Cup Rugby. Uh, I'm joined today by the illustrious Alex Tarr. How are you Mr. Tarr? Also, you can find him uh, on Twitter at Alex the Tarr. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I'm good. Uh, I'm feeling illustrious. I've put a I put a baby crib together today. Oh. So oh, um, nice. I'm taking the rest of the month off. Cool. Oh, good call. Cool. Yeah, I yeah. had my I had my dad come through and help me with stuff. I was very much the apprentice handing him stuff and holding this and that. Yeah. He did the real hard work. So uh, yeah. Yeah. That is the role I'm I'm used to, so I'm I'm trying to up my game a little bit around the house. Uh, yeah, Congrats, Alec. It takes a special man to be B team. Uh, and also that's uh, Matthew, uh, Matty L. Uh, I don't know what I, I can't pronounce your Twitter name. What is it? Ugueta. Ugueta. There you go. Ugueta. Yeah. Surely. Yeah, I skip the click because I fuck it up every time. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's got to click. It's it's my attorney, Adam, for it's Plaza for attorney. Oh, it's the only click I can. Right the click and yeah. X in Plaza. Yeah, I can yeah. say I could say like Kobani, Kobisa, Kolani. Is it possible? You said all of those wrong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you said all of you said all of those wrong, by the way. What? I thought I was coming. Yeah, you hit like it's all X clicks, but you're hitting them with like the back of your mouth more. You're hitting them with a Q click, yeah. Well, as like you know, the kick you're using is, is the right one for Koboka. Uh, with a Q? Yeah. Uh, okay, well, yes. I, I don't claim to be able to speak any other language at all well, apart from English. Uh, Matt, otherwise, how's it going? I know your travails from last night, people puking in taxis, you you having people slung over the shoulder. Uh, that's Dude, oh, God, I'm dead tired on my feet today. Um, yeah, so... I had a woman sitting on my shoulders so that she could reach over a stall to unlock the stall from the outside because one of my mates passed out in the woman's bathroom. Thankfully, with his pants still on, he just sort of sat down on the toilet and went to sleep. <laughs> We've all been there. I'll send you guys a video now of the three of them just sleeping outside together. I was, oh, was going to say, I think I think we need to invest in a GoPro for you to wear on your nights out, Matt, because this is oh, no, no. as, 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 as I replied to Ben's comment, I think I'm peaking now at excitement. Like, I'm not doing <laughs> this shit again. Yeah, like, uh, in Georgia, you're super chill, you go to Korea, and suddenly you're, like, living the life of um, non-stop go party people, bro. You just keep going yeah. and partying, and yes, it's just living the hard life. You know? Yeah, the one dude... The one dude with us, he's in China, he's got one of those, speaking of the GoPro, he's got one of those 360 cameras. Ah, oh, fuck, I don't want to see the footage is going to take off that. <laughs> Alright, uh, Ben isn't okay. here. Why, why, why isn't Ben here? Uh, I don't know, if some island... Family party. engagement. Yeah, island, sure, island engagement. Yeah. yeah, these Pacific Islanders, well, these, these uh, Indian Islanders, you never know what they're up to. Yes, indeed, in the Indian Ocean. So it's going to be a three-man pod today, and uh, well, as I already said, we got the Rugby World Cup rugby to chat about. Before we do so, um, there isn't really any news. It's all related around the World Cup, so I think anything I want to sprout off will come through from that. Um, anything to do with Ebenet to bear off the field, we uh, we are watching, but it is not relevant when we're talking about the Rugby World Cup at this stage. But what I will say yeah, I is... That's like the only piece of news. Yeah, exactly. And then I'm just uh, sick and tired of people banging mm. on about it over the group. Like, fuck that shit. Uh, so, there is a Pro 14 Rugby. That's round two. 
Mm-hmm. Leinster beat Ospreys 53-5. Glasgow Warriors, they lost to... Ospreys. Uh, Os- Ospreys, yes. Ospreys. Whatever. Warriors, they lost to the Scarlets 21-25. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, fuck you guys. All of you. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going to push ahead. I'm Jeez. at this point in my life. You're getting that in pretty early. Yeah, it's, uh, pretty much. Uh, the Kings, yeah. they, they uh, were brave in losing to Monster 20-31. Zebra, they lost it would have been a lot closer. There was, I was just going to throw this out here. Mm. There was a sketchy try that Munster got awarded. Like, oh, fuck, who was it? It's one of the locks. He was short of the line and went TMO, and the TMO said, there's no conclusive proof of him grounding, so stick to your on-field decision of try. Okay. Yeah, that doesn't sound so, like it makes any sense. Oh. Yeah. Um, so Zebra, they lost the Dragons 28-52. Uh, the Cardiff Blues used a lot of away wins. They lost 11-19 at home to Edinburgh. The Cheetahs, they absolutely wrecked Ulster 63-26. So uh, Pro 14 champions, the Cheetahs, uh, here we come. So, uh, yeah, that, that's going to wrap up the Pro 14, I guess, beyond, beyond that. So uh, it's telling us that the Kings were done in. Sorry, Kings. So... Yeah. Going, going towards the World Cup, just the games we're going to be covering today. What is it, October 6th? I'm looking at this wonderful schedule that you did for us, Alex. I know Ben said he did it, but it's I know you did it. Yeah. Ben did the rest of it. I did this part. Ah, okay. Well, this, <laughs> this, this is the only part that really matters, so it's fine. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> it's Georgia, PG. Uh, we're going to chat about Ireland, Russia. Uh, obviously, South Africa versus Italy. Uh, that's spear tackle. Australia versus Uruguay. Well, he's getting a couple of another yellow cards. England versus Argentina. Uh, another red card from get from you know who. Then it's Japan versus Samoa, New Zealand versus Namibia. Also a couple of yellow cards, even though it might have been reds. So Though there was one sick try, finished off by TJ Perrinard. If you check it out in the highlights. And then France versus yeah. Tonga. And then in terms of previews for the coming week, uh, South Africa versus Canada. We'll have to Wednesday anyway. Argentina versus the United States. Scotland versus Russia. 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 And then Wales versus Fiji. So I guess I guess we're gonna kick action off. We'll begin with Gigi. Oh my gosh, Georgia versus Fiji. Yeah, uh, you are, you are all over the place today. Yeah, I have. This been, game was disappointing. Yeah, I mean, I know you guys are talking about Georgia big time on Wednesday. Uh, if I was there, I would have stopped you, but not to this degree. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't think it'd be this That's, bad. Uh, very easy to say in hindsight, Adam. In the in the thrill of the moment. We all make yeah, mistakes. But, when you... but uh, just for the record, I stuck. I, I had Fiji to win on my Super Brew, and Ben Ben twisted my arm into a Georgia victory. So you can blame him for that one. Also, he's not like... here to say say otherwise. I think Ben was chan- channeling me. I was I was, supposed to, <laughs> I was supposed to help you guys on that episode. So clearly, it would have been a two against one anyway for Georgia. Yeah, that's fair enough. But uh, no, it it was. Like, the scoreline really isn't a very accurate reflection of the game, I think. Because it started off actually quite tight. Um, and it was just in the last, like, 20 minutes where Fiji just, like, stepped on the gas. And the Georgians, I think, were just so done by that point, they couldn't do anything about it. Uh, it was, then it just turned into, like, the semi Radradra show. Uh, how good is semi Radradra? Like, geez, that guy, I swear, he'd, he'd start for any Tier 1 nation, I think. Yeah, no, he's... Yeah, definitely. I mean, like even Tuisova as well. Like he's he's also had a great World Cup so far. Um, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised to see both of them there or thereabouts for a team of the tournament come the end of the pool stages. Yeah, very uh, we could do that next week maybe. Yeah. Hmm. But uh, yeah, um, we I think the the talking point from our side is is not because I mean okay, I can I can blame Ben all I want for the uh, the score prediction, but we both 
were talking about how the game was going to go and saying that it was going to be like the flare and kind of non-stop running of the Fijian backs and the kind of grunt and muscle of the Georgian forwards. And that was not what happened at all. Yeah, I think uh, both sides just decided, fuck it. Kind of, but like the, the, the Fiji scrum was crazy. Like they were really good. Yeah. Um, they were pushing the Georgians back pretty much the whole game. And uh, conversely, the, George, the Georgian backs were like shooting the lights out. They was like they were scoring. I can't remember if they scored that try, but they ran like pretty much from their own try line. Like an 80 meter, yeah, it was an 80 meter effort that almost uh, resulted in a try if it didn't. Um, so yeah, geez, like just a huge amount of credit to both of the teams for pitching up. And I think that they, it seemed like they both had targeted this as a winnable game. Um, so that's always nice to see because a lot mm. of the time with the world cup in these pool stages, like one team kind of rolls over and that just didn't happen. So <coughs> that was, it's also nice that the Fijians haven't, haven't given up on their, their, um, sort of hopes of making the playoffs, I guess, as slim as they might be after the last year ago. Isn't it yeah, though that yeah. if, um, where depending you finishing in the World Cup, is it if you finish third in the pool, do you qualify for the next one? Or is it quarterfinalists? Uh, no, I think it's you've just got to be top eight, yeah. I think you've got to be top eight essentially. Oh, to, uh, to qualify. Yeah, I think so, if I remember correctly. Mm, top yeah. eight and then the host. And just watching, uh, Redrada. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a little unfair, a little unfair in Georgia. <laughs> he, he's a beast, dude. Like seriously, you can't stop him. It's crazy. Like, uh, and I'm, I'm just think they're doing all of this without Nemanja Dolo, who's yeah. probably like I would say there's an argument for him to be one of the best players in the world. And he's kicking himself watching this. I guess, but you, I mean, again, we I think we talked about it at the time. Like, you got to do what's right for your career. Yeah, no, no, definitely. Um, so, but he's still not, like you. He can't not kick like. For, it's more like a emotional kicking himself than yeah. A brain. yeah it must have, that must have been a really tough decision. Yeah. Um, who did Fiji also? This play? game had this game had one of the two best Falcons of the week. Uh, yeah. Um, who do they still have to play? It's Wales, huh? Uh, yeah. Yes, hmm. and that's like at the beginning of the World Cup, we were all. I think I was saying like they could. They've got a chance to get a win over like either Wales or Australia, but mm. probably Australia. Like I don't think they can really beat Wales. And um, yeah, so obviously that ship has sailed. Uh, yeah, it's it could happen. I mean, stranger things have happened even in this World Cup, so it's possible. Um, I found it's. Uh, I don't know. If, I know that they, they stood up for Georgia. I found Fiji's World Cup to be a little disappointing just because they lost to Uruguay. Uruguay deserved to win. Uruguay took their chances, but. You, the red, to me, just, it appears they have not reached their potential in a certain sense. It would have been nice if they were playing Wales, and then if they had beaten Wales, had a chance of or, or sniff of making the quarterfinals or something yeah. like that, which is a real shame. Uh, I, I kind of feel that loss of Uruguay kind of lets a lot of the naysayers say a lot about uh, maybe they're not ready for the rugby championship, as I know there's been like whispers of perhaps Japan and Fiji joining an expanded rugby championship. And uh, about the nature of maybe development mm. in the country, but just because a lot of their players play in France, doesn't really make the national team easy to organise, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, I mean, these these aren't new things. So it just really irritates me that t- a team that good, uh, as good as Fiji, dropped the game against Uruguay. Look, it's great for the game because Uruguay have put in a lot of work. Uh, Squidge's rugby video will tell you and our preview, which would put you the same thing. Um, I don't know. It's a bit sad. That's just kind of my feeling on the matter. So I just do hope that they give Wales a good go. 
if I were Wales, like, I'd be very unhappy having to play them as your last pool game. It's the sort of game where uh, I think Wales have really qualified, hey? That they do need to win, don't they? Right? Um, it's like the same as the, a lot of the other pools where if because Wales Wales beat Australia, Australia beat Fiji. So if Fiji does do beat Wales, then it comes down to bonus points and points difference. So at the moment, Wales are only on nine points because they failed to, they failed to get a bonus point against Australia. Yeah. So, and Fiji have left with two losing bonus points. So they if Fiji so Fiji is currently on seven, and Wales are on nine. Uh, but Wales are still they've got a game in hand. They've only played two games, so they still have to play. I think Fiji and I want to say Georgia. Uh, Let me just have a quick look. Uruguay. So, and so, Uruguay, yeah. yeah. yeah no, no, so if we, if we assume they get five... Yeah, yeah, so let's say they got five against against Uruguay. They'll be sitting on 14. Australia on 11. Fiji... If Fiji let's say, best case scenario, Fiji beat Wales with a bonus point. That'll still only land them on 12. So they'd be banking on on Australia, like, not getting any more points out of the game, which is unlikely because they're playing Russia next. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they're not Russia. They're playing Georgia next. So Australia are highly likely to get at least one bonus point against Georgia, which means that even if we go to a three-way tie, or a two-way tie with them in Fiji, assuming Fiji get a bonus point win against Wales, then it goes down to head-to-head and obviously Australia beat Fiji. So then, yeah, it's pretty much Fiji's out. Pretty much. Yeah, but I guess what I was sorry in a very long-winded way. Wales pretty much need to play a strong side against Fiji just to ensure they want to come top in the group. They, don't, they certainly don't want to come second in the group, which will leave them facing England in the quarterfinals. So if you're a Welsh supporter, it's a sort of game where a guy can cop a head knock, pick up an injury, but it's, it's going to be physical, it's going to be fast, and it's going to be hard. So Fiji could still have, I guess, have a lot of influence over the tournament. It's just a pity they didn't have as much um, as I'd hoped. Uh, Georgia, uh, they hammered Uruguay, but otherwise they've a little bit flat to deceive, really. They got pumped by Wales as well. Uh, Fiji was their, one of their big clash, arguably. Um, it's also a bit, a bit of a mixed bag for them too, this tournament. I think they've still got they're still one more game to go. Let's have a look here. Doo, 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 doo. Yeah, everyone, everyone's got at least one left. Oh, they got Australia. Yeah. Okay, yeah, we wouldn't expect much from that, so... Uh, Right. Oh, look, uh, let's move on then. We're talking about Ireland versus Russia. Ireland won running our 35-0 winners, but again, a lot of people have been saying they didn't play that well. And I watched a little bit of this at work. Um, I can't work and watch rugby at the same time. I'm not smart enough. I, I, Ireland, I, I, they're definitely not a peak than they were two years ago. Um, I don't know, Alex and Matt, you can let me know. They're not a team built on X-Factor. They're a team built on being the best team. Sorry, I know that sounds quite dumb, but it's just they do everything super well. And right now they just—they're not 100 percent. They're at like 95 percent, 90 percent. And in the way they play, it appears that puts them a little bit behind the curve compared to other teams, mm. unless they're at their very best. <coughs> um, I still wouldn't want to face them in the quarterfinals, but if you're an Irish fan, uh, worrying signs at this stage. Do you think that just that they hit this World Cup off peak two years too late? Mm. They'd argue uh, I they hit number one in the point. rankings going into the World Cup. So, I mean, they'd argue they didn't peak. Those like, rankings, it, rankings yeah. are meaningless. So, uh, yeah. Oh, they make no sense whatsoever. No, no, I'm just saying. 
out of curiosity. Just, I'm just saying, we'll, we'll get that comment, I'm sure. That's why I'm uh, just throwing no, it out. No, no, fair play. No, fair play. Uh, I just, yeah, I don't know. I think they they actually remind me a lot of um, of South Africa, right? They're kind of like the South Africa of the North, where, yeah. like you say, they're this sort of perfectly crafted machine with a very specific way that they're supposed to function. And they need all the pieces in the machine to be working just, you know, to specification in order for the whole plan to go yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, I mean, the South Africa's problem is that we actually don't have, like, we have the right people to be playing a much more versatile game, and guys like Ches and Colby, and we don't use them properly. Um, and with Ireland, I think I just think it's a case of, yeah, I don't think it's it's a peaking problem, because they've got a lot of young guys who, mm. or like guys who are still in their prime. Yeah. Um, it's really just kind of Johnny Sexton and uh, I mean, you might argue Conor Murray who and Rob are Kearney. like maybe past their best. Yeah, Rob Kearney. I don't. Know, he's still. I, I love like him. he's one of my favorite favorite players, but he is. But I think he's still like performing at pretty much like is the same level he was at before. Um, but anyway, I mean that that's neither here nor there. Mm. The point is he. You know, I, I just think that Joe Schmidt's got, kind of got this team that relies on flawless execution, and it's inevitable that, you know, from time to time, like, it's not going to go according to plan. So you really are rolling the dice a little bit in a World Cup situation where you you now need them to go, like, essentially three or four consecutive games without any, you know, miss, missing cogs or anything like that. And it's exactly the same problem that, that South Africa's got, I think. Um, which is why we've suddenly, well, maybe not suddenly, but this World Cup, we also, everyone's not like, what, like, you know, why aren't we scoring tries or why isn't it, why aren't we doing well? And it's just because the, the wheels have come off slightly in a few of those key positions. Like suddenly Fuff and Vili don't play well and boom, there goes the entire game plan. Similar with Ireland. I mean, Carty's good, Carberry's fine, but they're not Johnny, uh, Johnny Sexton. And I just feel like the, the game plan is crafted around Johnny Sexton. Um, if Chris was here, he could probably tell me I'm talking shit. But <laughs> that's just the way it looks on the outside. Like, without Johnny Sexton, and if Conor Murray's, like, having not a great game, uh, who else did they lose? They lost uh, Sean O'Brien in the run-up to the World Cup. Mm. Uh, so, you know, the, the back line balances maybe a bit off with just Peter Omani. And, yeah, I don't know. Suddenly, they just looked like a, a good team, but not a great one. Mm. Um, and you know, that's all it takes in a, in a six-week-long tournament sometimes. Well, um, look, they got the result against Ireland, but what would be concerning is they only got 14 points in the second half. They had a yellow card to give them a helping hand. But look, you know what they're probably going to do? They might end up beating, uh, if they finish second, we'll get onto the Japan game shortly, but end up beating New Zealand in the quarterfinals, all we know. <laughs> so, uh, we'll see. Uh, I don't know. That's just, they've been a bit very unconvincing at this stage. It's weird. They actually... Maybe being a bit of a dick. They were outstanding in Scotland, but they've dropped off quite heavily. Um, so who knows why? Mm. I, was, I guess Scotland are excellent. I wouldn't say it's being a bit of a dick. It's just a fair assessment of what's going on. Oh, thanks, man. So <laughs> I, I appreciate that. I really need. I think you're being a bit of a dick. Oh. <laughs> Didn't last long. <laughs> um, <laughs> never does. All right. Well, we'll never I'll, does. With <laughs> I'll leave the I'll leave the RSA Italy game uh, just for last. So we'll just move on to Australia versus Uruguay. Jordan Pitar, the uh, great I'll say ghost hope of draft rugby. And Alex, you draft him and he got injured in round one or round two. Uh, did I draft him? I, I feel like you did. Uh, there was 
there were so many fun. guys who, in my initial draft, that let me down. So <laughs> it's entirely possible. Uh, uh, R.I.P. Stephen Perifetta, third pick overall. <laughs> Thanks for nothing. <laughs> you still made it to the final. So, uh, oh, no, didn't you win? I did win. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I love the humble brag. Yeah, the humble brag. I did bring it up. You brought it up. I, I wasn't going to mention. Okay, but, okay. You know, seeing as you ask, yeah, I, I went ex- back to I, back. I am excited that we're going to be drafting in January. Um, it, it's a pity the World Cup is starting so early because I, I was going to be in Cape Town. I'm going to be in Cape Town the first week of February, which uh, might have been the proper oh. draft time. But uh, alas, well, I I have to win draft for you to be willing to meet me in person. So I know that's, that's on my mind, indeed. So yeah, those are the tips. We're going to find out. We're going to find that out in July next year. Yeah. Australia, Uruguay. Well. No, I'm sure. Don't, don't, hmm? You'll find out by May already, Adam. I'm not going to get knocked out. Super Rugby May. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out. We'll find out in July. It's not clear which year. Yeah, it, yeah. it also depends if I make the knockouts. Um, right. Well, speaking of, of teams on their path to the knockouts, Australia, Uruguay, Australia running out 45-3 victors. Probably the highlights of the game. Also, well, two yellow cards, a high shots, a streaker uh, that's already gone into. I think he's been charged. The streaker is now a meme. That's being used for a whole bunch of things. So, uh, running towards Curtly Beal and Curtly Beal going, stay away from me. It's quite funny. Curtly Beal doing his best Israel Folau. I don't want to be mean, <laughs> but Curtly's the last guy that should be turning down a streaker. Oh. Oh, well, look, oh, yeah, there's, a, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of vacuum cleaner didgeridoo video footage that I assume is also in streaking attire. Please don't send me hate mail. Oops, sorry. <laughs> um, I, I know that uh, Tavita Kondrani... He started. He started one of the first games of the tournament. Picked up three tries. <laughs> he <laughs> so, was very brave for an Australian centre. He was very brave. I saw a big fend from him in the highlights. That's pretty much all. What he does, right? He just runs good lines. Yeah, no, but I'm just saying for an Australian with all the shit from they got last week for their fending, that you'd think the next week all he does is just huge fends. Mm, you think he'd yeah. calm down a little bit. Um, I think, what was the main... I'm just trying to think about beyond the two yellow cards, uh, what else we really learned about Australia. I know I saw uh, Paul Kelly, he wrote... For the Second morning. Falcon of the Week was there. Oh, <laughs> Falcon yeah. Watch. Falcon Watch continues. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it, wasn't, it wasn't great from the Australians, to be mm-hmm. honest. Like, I mean, the yellow cards didn't help, but um, I think a lot of people, myself included, were expecting them to be able to dominate that game a lot more than they did. Um, and especially with like the backline they picked, um, it just looked a bit more dynamic. Okay, Tavita Kuridrani aside, but like Kurti Beal at fullback, and uh, wait, he start, was Matt Tamua starting or was he on the bench? Uh, uh, I think he was starting. At, he was on, wasn't he starting at twelve? No, uh, no, yeah, I think he was the one that took the Falcon. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, I, I, I was a bit disappointed. Um, yeah, again, like another case of. Of, it's a bit like South Africa against Namibia last weekend. Um, you feel like a lot of these guys are trying to make a case for the for themselves to be included in the match day 23. And against Uruguay, you know, they if they can't kind of blow them out of the water, can you really make a case to pick them against a quarterfinal opponent? I don't know. So like guys like Salakai Lotto and um, to some extent Christian Leonardo <coughs> didn't, didn't do great. <coughs> Uh, yeah, and yeah, Adam Coleman. I I I didn't think he should be there the squad to begin with. No offense to him, he's a good player, but I'm a big fan of Matt Phillip. Um, I would have had him ahead of, of Adam Coleman. Mm. 
Just ask so, you a question. Yeah. Leofano, sorry, is it confirmed? Leofano was at 10. Uh, Tamura at 12. I'm a fan of Tamura. Okay. Um, yeah. Jordan, did, because with Retarge now out, um, and forgive me, I think Corey Betty, he plays 11. Correct? Yeah, he does. Uh, with, is there a case for uh, is it Pattaya to play 14? I know Paul Cuddy for the City Morning Herald, he was calling for that to take place. And, uh, you look, and you've got a guy like uh, Ben Smith Light, Dan Hader Petty. Very good player, but I mean, he actually played 14, he scored two tries. But it seems Pattaya uh, yeah. offers just that little bit more dynamism. Um, I know he's very young, but, but he's also quick. But I guess this is the question over his fitness. He has been injured for virtually two years, in a sense. But yeah, just, like, just as a random call, point uh, 14? It's it's tough because, I mean, they, they're up to their neck in 14s, right? Like, they've got yeah. Dan Petty, they've got Reese Hodge, mm. um, okay, so currently suspended. Yeah. They've got... Um, they've got... Oh, I've got blank now. Adam Ashley Cooper... Um, and there's at least one other guy in the squad who can who can play. 40. Oh, James O'Connor is the other one I was thinking of. Yeah. So they've got four kind of serviceable as well, even if the wind blows in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah, uh, he's best at like 10, 12, 15. I think like the playmaking. Oh, no, definitely. Like they're looking for like they're looking for like the more sort of typical Australian 14, like the utility back. Um, you know, just like a good all-round athlete. Personally, I think they left leaving Jack Maddox behind. It was yeah. maybe a mistake because I. But whatever, like the, my point is, they're, they're up to their neck and those sorts of guys. They're missing the left wing. They're missing like a strike finisher. Okay, they've got Kuro Kuro Betty. You guys know how I feel about him. He's actually been pretty good this yeah, World Cup. So fair dues. And I definitely wouldn't have left him out of the squad because that is what he does. He finishes. Um, if you give him a straight line at the try line and no one in front of him, he's, he's usually pretty good. Um, but so Pattaya is his backup. And if they were to have two of those sorts of players on the field. I think it would mess with their voodoo a little bit. Like they, they need someone with like a bit of a boot and like good under the high ball. And I don't know. Like the Australians are weird about their right wings. I think in that way. Mm. Um, but I don't think I don't think Pattaya is really what they're looking for. Uh, just two other notable things: Australia they wore their green kit, uh, which is I think uh, I think acknowledgement of their indigenous heritage. Very kiff, I must say. Yeah, also, very nice kit. Also on uh, prop watch, James Slipper he scored his first try. And his 93rd yeah, only Yeah, he's only seven games ahead of Moody in scoring yep. trials. Although Moody is, Moody's yet trialless. And did you just see how chuffed all the Aussie players were for him? Like, big gathering around him and saying, well done, you finally fucking did it. Which was really nice. Matt, did you ever score? You, you scored tries, though. Were you... Were you... Nah, nah. I was, I was also... I was very much in the Joe Moody school of props. So did you, have you, did you ever score a try in high school? Or at Rose Rugby? Did a, no, I don't think so. Wow. I think I scored one in high school. I don't think I scored one at Rhodes. Do you remember the glory the glory of crossing that try line? How it felt? <laughs> it wasn't a long carry. I just tackle busted over one guy and fell down on the line. <laughs> it was one of those quick tap and goes and just tackle busted through like some, some small backline player who wasn't really paying attention and just fell down on the line. Nice. <laughs> so, uh, nothing glorious. And, but Alex, were you you were the try scoring machine? Because you and Phil, you guys played as a, as a uh, deadly centre pairing at under fourteen level. <laughs> <laughs> uh, under fifteen, under fifteen Bs, yeah, under fifteen Bs. Phil, Phil and I were a centre pairing. Uh, I definitely wouldn't call myself a try scoring machine. I was not, I was not very prolific. But you scored uh, I scored a few in my day. But okay, I scored some tries. And but Phil? Like, I definitely, 
I just want to make it clear I'm not trying to brag about my tries because if anyone, if anyone who went to school with me listens to this, they'll definitely have me for it. Um, but <laughs> but uh, I think I can't remember. Full, full. I, I would say, um, to put it delicately, it was more of an attacking center than a defending center. Let's put it that way. Um, I don't know what I was as a center. I, I wasn't really a very good center. Um, nor was I a particularly good wing. <laughs> so, but uh, anyway, uh, Matt, did I hear you say just now that Joe Moody hadn't scored a try yet? I don't think he scored a try yet. He scored a try this morning. Did he? Yeah. Against that's, a little, that's a little I paid attention Jeez, to that gla- game. Uh, uh, rugby glass ceilings have been shattered everywhere. Props are scoring tries. Right so that's his first try and Slipper's first try. So Slipper beat him by, I think, seven games. I think it's like. Moody's on 100 or 101 caps now, isn't he? Yeah, something like uh, that. Is he on that many? Yeah. Uh, let me just check. Jeez. I realized he was a centurion. Uh, yeah, like he, he kept, he kept, uh, I think he... So slips and Slipper's just shy of a centurion. So like Slipper beat him by like single digits. Uh, so Joe Moody's a dirty okay. player though. God. <laughs> yeah, sure is. Yes. Uh, um, where am I trying to find? I just want to see how many caps he actually has. That's actually an interesting question. Joe Moody. Yeah. Oh, okay, we found the Crusaders profile. Let's see what it says here. His actual full name. Just look up on. Look at his middle. Yeah, it says forty odd. That ain't right. His middle name is something else to behold. I'm not going to even bother pronouncing it. Only Jesus. I found his Wikipedia. <laughs> Test caps. It says thirty-seven. Oh, 41. He's not a centurion. 41 centurion. He hasn't been around for that long. Like, uh, am I confusing Moody and Franks? I think you're confusing uh, You're Franks. pretty confusing Franks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Frank, Franks. Franks still doesn't have one, I think. Yeah, Yeah, I'm confusing Moody and And now we'll never have one. But jeez, yeah, that, that middle name, uh, Tamata Pukoai uh, Wanua. I was actually getting there and then I messed up the end. Uh, Wanua. Oh, now, now I've got to look this up. Now you've got me... Alex, it's one, two, three, four, five, six, oh, seven, wow. eight, nine, oh, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Tamatea Fukai Fenue. We'll play it. Nice. <laughs> so I'm just making it. I think the WH is pronounced with a, yeah. like a F. Yeah, no, no, uh, no. Like Faranui the the word, yeah. uh, the Brumbies. Um, Brumbies do you play fly off sometimes. Yeah. Anyway. Alright. Um, about that. Yeah, um, yeah. so Australia chugging along. Uh, they, their final group game will see them face Georgia. So I guess it'll be interesting to see who they name for their team to start the obvious. Moving on to, I think, probably one of the biggest letdowns of the tournament. Looking at you, uh, Tomas Lavellini. England versus Argentina. Uh, I think following Lavellini's red card, it was, he did put his uh, shoulder into, uh, you, you know it, Owen Farrell's face. So I don't know, I feel like. <laughs> Farrell's like a magnet for this. What goes around comes it's around. It's hard, yeah. It's hard to miss him, to be honest. Yeah. Like if, you, uh, if you're looking at so... all the players in front of you, yeah. I'll just go for his face as well. Um, but yeah, real shame. Kind of uh, ru- ruined the contest. Uh, was it was still seven three at the time that yeah. Don't say it. winners. The card didn't ruin the contest. Lavanini ruined the contest. Lavanini ruined the contest. Okay, okay. Yeah. I, I think that's what he meant. It's well said. Yeah. But um, I guess from an England perspective, you know what? They're going to beat what's put in front of him, and then they ran out heavy winners. They're building up quite nicely, um, in a certain sense. I think we, we chatted a little bit about this previously, about how, maybe you mentioned in the group, just how they schedule, it's just gradually getting harder and harder. Or was it the other way around? Mm. Uh, 
Because they, they end up facing France in their last game. Oof. Yeah, well, well, they had all their easy games up front. Yeah. So they yeah. kind of eased into the World Cup, which is in a way good, because then it means they can start kind of ramping up at the right time for the quarterfinals. Whereas, like, the Springboks, for example, we're playing our B team against Canada. Yeah. So we've got, like, we've effectively got, like, two two and a bit weeks between our main team playing and, uh, like, our and our quarterfinal. So in that sense, they've got a better schedule. But it's, 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 yeah, you can't really make too many judgments on it. Like, it's, it is what you make mm. of it, right? Um, but yeah, so England, but this was a big game for them. Like, mm. this was their first real test. And um, then it turned out to be a bit of a, a yeah, a, a walkover. Well, Ivan just beat Vilipola. He went off at half time uh, with an ankle complaint. I think it was just a twisted ankle from what they said. Uh, I had just seen you know, a little bit of reading from some of the rugby scribes saying that, look, given the conditions and the humidity, um, maybe it's not quite right. Ooh, just saw Argentina's try. What a shame. Lavanini, you fuck. Why did you get red carded? Really nice. If you just want to check out the highlights. Uh, Can we also discuss again. quickly that mm. Owens didn't go off for an HIA? Yeah, that was... A lot of people picked up on that, saying that that was, like, even more... Damning than the card, know. actually. Yeah, exactly. Because the protocol is when you take a shot to the head, you're supposed to go off, regardless of you And it was symptomatic. And it was quite mm. a... I mean, just to state the obvious, I mean, he got a red card for it. It was heavy. Heavy contact. Yeah, so. did you watch, if you watch the slow-mos, his head Jeez. rocks back and forth. He rocks him with his shoulder on his jaw. Jesus, no. Uh, Lavanini's, like, hardly... Hardly like, uh, yeah, exactly. And we thought he'd Taking turn a, a corner. Of an no joke. In, uh, yeah. in Super Rugby. Oh, jeez. We thought he'd turn a corner. I, I've seen a couple of people complain that what, and this this is where the Australian yellow cards came from, when players are, are dipping slightly in a tackle, there's very little a tackler can do. I, I, I feel like Lavanini could have done a bit better to get lower. But just to yeah, talk about so, that general point, is it, where can mm-hmm. you draw the line with that in a certain sense? It so, is, I mean, yeah, so this isn't a good example of it because yeah. like there was only a slight a slight crouch from from Farrell, and that's yeah, yeah. why uh, was, she was, I think God says I think it was he who was like there's not enough of a mitigation. Mm-hmm. So the first of all, like the process that the referees have to go through does involve like asking whether there are mitigating factors, and one of the one of the mitigating factors is whether the player had ducked into the tackle. So a good example I think is this morning's one against uh, Nipolalala where he was trying to tackle the Namibian scrum half. And the Namibian scrum half had, like, full-on tripped. Like, he was... His head was, like, maybe a meter off the ground. And he was, like, basically... He was going to fall onto the ground anyway. And then Laulala kind of swung at him with an arm to the head. And arm to the head should be red card. But the referee said, um, there's mitigation because the player was so far down... So low down to the ground already. It's just a yellow. Right? So now... People are still saying, oh, but like, you know, he's so low to the ground. Like, how can you get any lower than that? You don't have to get lower than that. You just don't, like, just don't swing your arm at his head. Like, if he's that low down, you could probably, you could probably grab his back. Like, you could probably just grab his, his arm or his, like, his torso if he's that low down and, like, drag him to ground. You don't have to tackle him around the head. So, like, there are different ways to bring a player to ground in that situation. With, like, the Owen Farrell one, Okay, he wasn't that low down, so like Lavanini really could have gotten lower down and just made a proper tackle. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think I don't think I, I haven't seen anything so far that makes me think that the law and the way it's been described is unreasonable. 
I still think it's players who just aren't adapting in the situation quickly enough, which I know is, is difficult, but it's just the way it's got to be done for player safety. It's just too bad. Mm. Um, yeah, like there are other ways to tackle people than driving straight at them with your open arm, you know? Yeah, that's what I think. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, cool. No, I, I just I just thought I wanted to ask the question. Uh, this, this is going to rumble on, and I think it's inevitable. One of the key knockout games, um, th- this is going to come up again for the referees. So also, it'll be interesting to see which referees have been selected for the quarterfinals and how many of them have been dishing out cards. Whoops, sorry. Uh, Japan versus Samoa. I, I know the, the commentator. I don't know who the commentator is. Um, it was not Joel, Joel, Joel Stransky, the other guy. He made he made some truly awful metaphors. Especially after Japan's this is what I've been, try. Jesus. I need I need someone to comment on the SoundCloud or Twitter or something and tell us who this co commentator for, for Stransky is. I don't know what his name is. I recognize his, his voice. He's been commentating for years. But like this guy is terrible. He's We don't mean Santi. Santi's a saint. No no Santi's Santi's amazing. I love Santi. Uh, Santi can stay. The sideline guy's great. Yeah. That's Santi, but it's it's the co-commentator whoever's like co-commentating with Stransky is just appalling like he he clearly has like some pre-rehearsed lines that he's using uh, but he's embarrassed himself at least twice in games with pronunciation he's also the one that goofed names two weeks ago yeah, yeah it, was, it was I think it was the Samoa game or something he just yeah. he couldn't get the names right and it's, that's really embarrassing in a World Cup if you haven't taken the time to research how to say names from other countries, like especially the Pacific Islands, when they're such a big part of rugby. Like, come on, you've got to do better than that. Yeah. And yeah, his also, like Adam said, his metaphors are truly uh, Warren Brosnihan-esque. So I, I can do without that. I can't. I actually can't remember, because I was just watching the end of the game, and uh, my wife was there sitting on the couch, and I can't believe what what crap this Oak said uh, after Japan scored their fourth, uh, fourth and crucial bonus try. Uh, uh, fourth try for the bonus points, and then my wife looked at me and said, "Jesus, that's bad." So I mean, she wasn't even paying attention, um, and she, it was so bad that uh, it it rocked rocked her attention span. <laughs> that, that's how bad it was. Um, yeah, it was truly awful. Jesus. Um, but yeah, well done, Japan. A bit tight. I think a bit of a talking point when Samoa won that free kick at the end of the game. They opted for the scrum, even though they were going backwards, and they could have kicked it out. What do you think about that call? It's almost like, uh, I don't know. If I somehow I would have kicked it out, but then after the scrum, giving Japan the opportunity to try win the ball back, and then they did, and then they got the bonus points. Maybe it was an honor thing. Mm. I don't know. I was just very surprised Samoa took that course of action. It certainly made for a very exciting mm. last few minutes, but I, I found it very interesting. Yeah. So this, what was the score at that point? 31-19. Uh, yeah. They 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 were were home dry. It was just a question of their fourth fourth bonus point. Excuse me. But if yeah, yeah. but if if Samoa had scored there, would they have gotten a losing bonus point? Uh, No, I don't think they were close enough. uh, So there was they had nothing to gain from it. Yeah, I don't think they were close enough at that point. Yeah, I'm just trying to think. Seven. That is a bit weird. They could have got. Wait, it was thirty-one. It was thirty-one nineteen. What was it? Yeah, it would have been 31-19. No, he didn't convert. Yes, he did convert it, bounced off the post. So it was 31-19, so 19 plus 5. Like, even 19 plus 5. 24. That, that's enough. 24. That's enough for a bonus point. Yeah. So then, yeah, that, a try and then a conversion would have put them firmly in it. So, yeah. Or even taking a tap. I don't know. Um, yeah. I don't know. It just, just seemed weird. Uh, but look, Japan got the business done. 
Uh, it's not their fault. So uh, I just I just found the very strange. But uh, Samoa were good guns for I think a lot of the game. Uh, Japan, um, their biggest game in their rugby history against Scotland is now coming up. Good performance overall. They got the business done in a sense. Um, especially uh, especially the outside outside backs. They've been doing a lot of the business as well. So thoughts upon watching Japan and and coming up against Scotland. I'm uh, just going to say, I called the win long ago, so mm. just remember that. I called the win over Scotland long ago. Yeah. <laughs> Before uh, it was cool. Before it was cool. And then I was like, yeah, I'm going to make a big call. <laughs> <laughs> Japan's going to beat Scotland. And everyone's like, okay, yeah, fair. We all agree with you. So I'm like, well, shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, everyone just cool. agreed with me. So, But yeah, no, I don't know. I like the way Japan's playing. That, As I know, Squid also mentioned, like, you can see, like, they lo- even their loose players, like structured play, actual structured plays, and that yeah. that are rehearsed and that, and you can see they stick to their pattern, they stick to their game, and it's it's actually a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, for me at least, I don't really. It's like for me, it's entertaining to watch. Oh, definitely, they're playing some of the best rugby in the World Cup, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Um, yeah. I think they they're hitting their straps at the right time. Like people were saying, it, you know, maybe not a fluke, but they beat Ireland the same way that they beat us four years ago, which is by just focusing like on that one match. Um, and people were thinking like, you know, maybe the the rest of their World Cup won't be as impressive, and that'll be like the peak and everything. Um, but I don't know if that's true. I mean, I think if they if they were going to focus on one match, it probably would have been Scotland. And um, so I, th- I still think that they, that is the game that they were targeting. Cause they would probably, if they're honest with themselves, I don't think they were going to be, I don't think they thought they were going to be Ireland. Yeah. So I don't think they were ever expecting to top the pool. This is now like a new goal for them, which is fantastic. Um, but I think that their best game is still yet to come. I think they, they're going to beat Scotland, um, differently to the way they beat Ireland. Cause that, that game kind of changed as you watched it and they got more and more intense. This time I think they're going to be a little bit more structured. I think they're going to have a plan for this game. Yeah, I think... um, but the the one thing that they got going for them is that they just don't stop. Mm. Like they just don't stop going for eighty minutes. Like it's their home turf. They know the the conditions. They're used to them, and they've got like this driving passion that's personified by guys like Lapis and Michael Leach and you know, uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah, all these guys. Yeah, the mana. Yeah, exactly. They got the mana, and. <laughs> uh, What's the the scrum's name? Uh, Nagare. Nagare. Yeah. He's, he's good, guys. Like yeah. he's he's up there for best scrumming of the tournament so far. I think Antoine Dupont uh, might have it, but he, geez, Nagare has been good. And like I, I I think I've said this before on air, maybe not, but every time I watch them, it's bittersweet because I love watching Japan play, and I then and then it immediately makes me just wish that this was the team that they'd let us have in Super Rugby. Instead yeah. of fucking, you know, Jamie Booth and hey, um, hey, he 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 had some pretty good performances. Parker. <laughs> yeah, look, uh, everyone likes a bit of Hayden Parker. Everyone likes a bit of Gerard Funny here, yeah. or whatever. But like, this is why they this is why they're getting kicked out. Like they they held back on us. Yeah, and they're like, they played them. Like they, it's obviously working. Like J, Jamie Joseph's decision to take them out of Super Rugby and focus on the World Cup clearly was the winning formula, right? So. I'm super impressed. I thought it was a bad call, and I'm, I was wrong. Fantastic, but in the long run, like, in terms of the bigger picture, I still think that Japan rugby, 
Actually, no, fuck it. Japan Rugby's better off with a quarterfinal win in the World Cup in the long run. Uh, but we are losers as Super Rugby fans because we didn't get to see the, this team play at their peak performance this year. And on the back of that decision, they've now been kicked out. Yeah. So there's, there's very much a sense of like what could have been every time I watch them play. Mm. That said, I, still, I don't think it's the last we've seen of them in, in like Southern or in Sanzar. I've got a feeling that like on the back of this performance, there's going to be a bid to enter the the rugby championship and turn it into like a sort of quote unquote southern hemisphere uh, five nations Mm. Um, and it it really does make sense because like they are essentially on the same time zone as New Zealand or similar time zone to New Zealand and Australia and you know it's just us and Argentina are the odd ones out so it's easier for them to travel south north south and play internationals than it is for them to travel west east and play against European teams so Mm. I would welcome that I think it makes sense and if if they were on board and it made financial sense, then they'd be prepared to to time the Japanese top league with our Super Rugby to make sure that the internationals could be played with all the players available. Uh, and if that happens, then that's the best thing for rugby, it's the best thing for Japan, and it's actually the best thing for the rugby championship teams as well, because clearly they are becoming a force to be reckoned with. Mm. Um, Samoa, uh, nice to see that they put in probably one of their better performances of the tournament. They defeated Russia, and I think who do they have still have to play? They have, so I'm busy searching the fixtures. they got yes. Ireland coming up, also. Uh, Tough uh, fixture for sorry, Ireland. Sorry, the other one. Hmm? No, I said Wales, but I meant the other one. Oh, okay, yeah. The green uh, Yeah, so Samoa, flattering to deceive it, but I guess, you know, they kind of played to their mean. In a, in a certain sense, um, I think maybe the most disappointing performance was against when they played. I'm just having a look here. Uh, let's see, Scotland actually. They got blanked yeah. by Scotland, which uh, I was quite surprised by, but uh, good on Scotland uh, to do so. Okay, uh, let's, yeah. let's move on to New Zealand versus Namibia. New Zealand, Namibia led for a period, um, holding the mighty All Blacks down with their. Excellent start of play. Right, Alex? All hard. That's 100% spot on. I couldn't have said a bit myself. I only watched the first five minutes. I assumed Namibia carried on with their lead and just pulled, pulled through. Yeah, so in game. your mind, they won. Yeah. Namibia confirmed the best early game rugby side in the world. I think that's what today taught us. <laughs> um, no team in the world can beat them in the first 10 minutes. Unfortunately, until World Rugby opens its eyes... Um, we are still going to have 80-minute games, and that's a problem for us, to be honest. Mm. Uh, what do you think of Jordy Barrett, Barrett at 10? Uh, underwhelming. Not great. Mm. A bit slow. But, I mean, we've seen that for like the whole of Super Rugby as well, every time the Canes try him there. Yeah, it's not great. It's, I don't think it was worth trying, but no. They don't need him. Like Richie Moing and Barrett had it covered, and he's definitely not third in line. In terms of the bigger picture for them, uh, like there's so many more good young scrum halves, and like uh, I don't know where to even start, like Perifeta and um, Josh Ioni, uh, all those guys. So yeah, it's it's not a matter of concern that he was bad. It's just eh. I don't think I don't think that that early game would have gone as well for Namibia if they had had Barrett, uh, uh, Barrett the older. Hmm. Um, or Moango, for example. So, yeah, we can count ourselves a little lucky. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it is what it is. 
Uh, I, I, will, I will say New Zealand probably scored one of the tries of the tournament. If, yeah, if, you, if you saw it. Jesus. Yeah. Um, so where is the heart? I actually had the highlights in front of me. Just the offloading inside. It was a finish off by TJ Perinara. Started by TJ Perinara as well. New, let's see here. So I actually had it open. New Zealand versus Namibia. Namibia. Okay. I like how in World Rugby's highlights, they have the anthems and the haka and everything for a minute. You know, the highlights are only three mm. minutes. No, like two minutes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, it's so annoying. It's good, <laughs> but it's so annoying. Because yeah. they know that's what we want to see. No. <laughs> yeah, I, think the, I do see, though, they are releasing uh, extended highlights sort of mm. two, three days later. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. I'm just watching Severis over here. Solon's over for another try. Gosh, how did Ben get him without a fight? He's just so damn good. So none of us had ever heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> ben just pretty much. The, oh, fuck, I need a wing. This one's starting. Yeah, okay. ben, ben gets way too much credit for that. He like, had no idea who he was either. Yeah, I know. I did the math. <laughs> it was like 20% of his points or something stupid like that in the league. Let's see Ben Smith going for the try. So I just want to. Oh, here we go. So. Let's try I like Smith's try. Actually. Yeah, that was nice. So Perinara uh, makes the break. Dance one tackle, amazing offload to bridge, recycle, goes to Rico, uh, then it goes through to Crotty, oh, back pass to Perinara, then Perinara gasses two oaks and scores an amazing finish for the corner. That's pretty and sick. And sticks so close to the line. Fuck. Yeah, and I love how they do slow over his face. I'm just super determined. I'm like, I'm going to score this try, and he does it. Uh, Rico Iwani, <laughs> the forgotten man of New Zealand rugby. Yeah. This time last year, who, who of us would have thought that he would not he'd be struggling to even make the 23 just based on the fact he's a specialist 11 mm. not Alex so, not me um, what uh, hang on only, only one of us only one of us this time last year was maintaining that George Bridge was the best number 11 in New Zealand it pretty was sure it wasn't either of you guys no uh, agreed. Agreed. it wasn't me it, it wasn't me um. either but I mean I didn't have a shrine <laughs> to the man in my house so yeah <laughs> yeah <pretty good. laughs> um no, look, I still wouldn't have predicted this. Like, I no, when I said no. that comment about George Bridge, I, I, I wasn't trying to say that I thought he should replace Rico. Mm. So I'm still blindsided by all of this, to be honest. Um, even even I, even a man of my not inconsiderate, uh, income, in, insignificant talents, <laughs> is blindsided. Um, he's just I don't know. Like, is it? It's, is it one of those things where like he gets compounded? Like every every game where he gets left out kind of puts a dent in his confidence and then makes it more likely that when he does come on, he's I not going to impress anyone. And then, then Hanson's like, see, I told you, this is why we left you out. I don't know. Like, I is think he it's like very ultimate? much the case. I think it's very much yeah. Like, with, with these flashy back... Like, no offense to flashy backline players, but they, like a lot of it is based on confidence. Oh, no fair. I mean, guys <laughs> like you, Alex, a lot of your ability... <laughs> guys like me. Confidence. Yeah. <laughs> But like no, but I think like an ele- like a good eleven plays with his ego. Like he yeah, has. I was, to... I was I was genuinely bad at rugby. I'm just gonna say it. Like a good <laughs> eleven envisions himself scoring the most ridiculous try, and that's how he scores it. Eleven's a lot like it's, it's a lot like playing quarterback in in American football or like or running back. Like you just have to believe that you're the best guy on the field. You look if at you like have the... any doubt, then. You're, you're, gonna not gonna, you're not going to finish the try. You, yeah. You've got to believe. No one's going to reel you in. No, yeah. You can step whoever you want. That gap that's only half a meter big, you must yeah. probably can slip through it. Yeah. And, and honestly, like that's why the All Blacks are so good because like, I feel like they're almost all like that. Yeah, like that. Yeah. 
like look at Perinado's try today. Like who who even tries that? Like who even attempts that? Well, that's the thing. Like any of ours, any of the South Africans would have gotten that. They would have not scored that try. Like yeah, no offense South to Africans, anyone. No, but I've said this before. South Africans don't go for the outside. South Africans go for the inside. And like, look at we'll get there just now, I guess. But like, look at Colby's try. It's the yeah, exact okay. opposite. Like he, he draws the guy to the outside, steps inside to make yeah. space for himself. Okay, he scored on the outside of the last defender. But you know, it's it's something I think that comes through the league, like rugby league, a lot. Is guys just like they don't see. 30 centimeters of space on before the try line. They see like the meter above the try line, yeah. I mean, the, the, the touch line, as space for their body to occupy while they score a try. It's like this weird four dimensional approach to yeah. try scoring that we just don't get. We like, you know, you, have, you can't go over the line to score a try. And like, how many times do we have to see these guys from, from New Zealand and rugby league do it before you start to believe that it's possible? Mm. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, speaking of one of the only tries I ever did score, it was um, pretty similar situation where I was getting. I just went. I just went made a, a, a beeline for the corner, and uh, the the fullback sort of cross covered me, and I was just a little bit quicker than him, so I didn't have to dive, which is good because I, I don't think I knew how to dive, and I literally ended up putting the ball down like on my toes, basically, well like on the ground, but like pretty much right in front of my toes as the guy pummeled me out. And it was just a try. It was only just a try. But, like, if I'd been a little bit slower, I wouldn't have scored it. I wasn't going to try anything. I had no tricks up my sleeve. Like, I was just going for the, for the to try and put the ball down as quickly as I could. And, you know, guys like TJ Perinara just have a different different mentality. And now it seems like Rico's kind of slipping away from that because, like, he's just not – he isn't trying things. Every time he gets the ball, he just, like, runs straight and then gets tackled. And he seems surprised that someone like Chesley Colby can actually tackle him. And he didn't yeah. bother to try, like – put a move on, try and spin him or grab her or, you know, something fancy. And, like, you see that from Sivir Reese all the time. He's always trying something. So I, I think that's what separates them. Yeah. Oh, no, it was the Australians. That I was going to say they were talking about speaking as putting a spin on and it was one of the Australians. I think it was Karindrani. They talked about his brute strength or whatever. Literally, the clip was him, like, pirouetting around one of the other players. Like, zero brute strength in the in yeah. that chosen moment. But, yeah... Sorry, you just spinning just reminded me of seeing that <laughs> earlier this afternoon. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yep. So good win by by New Zealand, I guess, in the end. Uh, Your can old I just say rivals. before we before we move? Yeah, the old foe. Before we move on, because I know this isn't like a big game for for many other people. I just want to say how like incredibly proud I was of the Namibian team. Um, I just thought they like they played so much better than I think anyone was really gonna giving them credit for. Um. And I said it on Twitter, and I'll kind of say it again, I guess. I thought Namibia went into that game with more of a game plan than the Springboks did when they played New Zealand, and I think they were executing it better too. So, yeah, we were shown up, I think, by by them. Well, you guys, you guys were shown up by us, is what I should say. Yeah, um, there we go. <laughs> well done, Alex. <laughs> um, yeah, it was all me. How's that high horse? I mean, have you got yeah. altitude sickness? Up it's there? it's great. I'm a little afraid of heights, so I might climb down just now. Okay, that's it. Hopefully, hopefully not until after the Canada game. Then. I think probably beyond Namibia being a truly outstanding rugby team, the most important thing that occurred in that game was the return of <coughs> Brody Ritalik. He's back. Yeah. So uh, he will only get better. So it's a huge plus for New Zealand heading into the knockouts. Uh, as well, so um, it'll be interesting to watch how they perform especially in the bigger games, now that they have their starting lock duo back as well yep. right, moving on to France Tonga, 
geez, France, they nearly did it again, losing to Tonga. Tonga just seemed to get up when they play France. France only squeaked out one as 23-21. Um, the French, unimpressive yet. They're in the quarterfinals. And they're up against England. Are they like the worst bogey team ever in a World Cup? Because you, you have no idea what you're going to get. Yeah, you, don't, you can't prepare for them. You're just like, okay, I'm going to play rugby for 80 minutes. That's it. It's a cliche, but it's so true. They keep doing it over and over again. They're not changing anybody's opinion about it. Also, like, like how stressed do you think? How stressed do you think the All Blacks are now that they're like, are are the are the French sort of in line to line up against them in the knockouts? Uh, yeah. The oh, Hang on, no, 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 no. Uh, they in the semis or in the quarters? I think in the semis. Or, not in the quarters, but in the semis. I think the semis. Yeah, but I don't. Uh, do we think that the French no, would get past so, Wales? Because it's, it's France Wales. Yeah, and Alex, it's so, also France. I what, mean, fuck. what happens if they beat England? No, no, no. It does strike. I mean, okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. We so we at the, as we expect things to go, we are going to play. Uh, let's say, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Let's yep. say Japan. Um, New Zealand will play Ireland. England will play Australia. Wales will play France. We we will if we win against Japan, we play the winner of the Wales France game. Hmm. So New Zealand, if they beat Ireland, they'll play the winner of the England Australia game. So New Zealand could only meet France in the finals. Okay, so then that, so yeah. New Zealand is breathing a sigh of relief. Hmm. Yeah. Because if they, I'm pretty sure if they saw that they, they were most probably stressing about meeting France in the fucking quarterfinals, uh, I, I don't or the know. semis. Yeah. No, because it's just like it's like the cultural. It's not not that they're physically no, threatened. It's just that cultural bogey of the yeah. perpetual bogey in their side that is fucking France. Mm, true. Yeah, I'm a little worried about them to be honest, because um, they've got a monster pack and they seem to know how to use them. Um, yeah, they weigh 970 so, kilograms like, or something sick like that. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> it's pretty disgusting. I, I don't know how much of that is Camille Schatz neck, but probably quite a lot. Yeah. That, significant. That, yeah, I'll say the majority. <laughs> it's a good 100 kgs all on its own. <laughs> yeah, just pure um, But yeah, I mean, they've, they've got a few beasts. They've got like Vahamina. Uh, and then the back line, I mean, Jeepers. Uh, Raka on the wing and... Uh, Vakatawa in the centers today, like, geez, that was a damaging combo. Not yeah. very, not too dissimilar from Tuisova and Rodrado, who you spoke about a bit earlier. So, yeah, definitely a lot to be afraid of with that French team. And if they if they start um, Antoine Dupont as scrum half, mm. he's genuinely, genuinely good. So, yeah. yeah, lots to be afraid of there as well. It's, it, it's almost like, you know, they scraped home against Tonga, but in a way... You can't really take anything from it. It's almost like uh, they will. You'll get a different French team every game they arrive at. In a sense, they because they are rugby's chaos and personified. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. we saw them at their best against uh, against Argentina, and yeah. they were pretty good. So that I think is what whoever plays them in the quarterfinals and semifinals potentially can expect. Mm. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right. Well, then I guess the, the last game, uh, South Africa versus Italy. I think the major talking point was Dwan. Why do I keep saying Dwan? Uh, 
Christ. Dwayne Vimula. Being picked up by, just lean into it. Stop by, fixing by, it. by the two <laughs> Italian props. Uh, only one got red carded. The other got cited. Both have since been banned for three weeks. Three weeks. So, uh, thankfully, uh, Dwayne... But can I just say, hmm. for the three weeks, one of the mitigating factors was there was no lasting injury to the South African number eight, which is a bullshit mitigating factor because that should not yeah. be part of the fucking discussion at all. No, it really shouldn't. Yeah. I mean, that that's like the worst of what we've spoken about so many times on the pod, like this outcomes-based refereeing. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't really believe it when I heard them say that. Uh, it, was, it was shocking. I think that that is um, supported by the fact that they both received three weeks ban- three week bans. No, but that, no, 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 Alex, that's the mitigating factor for the three week ban. Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, was it the ref you said or the TMO? Oh, okay. TMO, Sorry, I, I got my wires. Yeah, but this was also. Uh, I might have got my wires crossed. But yeah, anyway, it's, it, it is pretty shocking. But, so. like why the band I thought, is it, I thought it was very generous of, of Wayne Barnes to let number 17 stay on the field. Yeah. Uh, it's 16, 10 minutes. Yeah, I mean, he, he could have, by the letter of the law, he could have given two red cards right there and then. Yeah, and people would have people would have complained, but they wouldn't have been able to fault him. Yeah, it was uh, um, so. it was Nicola uh, Quaglio. I'm sure I pronounced that wrong. He he was the guy who escaped sanction, but the other one, Andrea uh, Lovotti, he was the one who got recalled. Yeah. So that person. Yeah, he was also in my fan. He was also in my fantasy team. <laughs> Lovotti. <laughs> 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 Our fantasy yeah. team. Does they have a good performance? I mean, they. Uh, it, it's uh, when they did not quite play in their first first string eleven. Uh, they got the result. Actually, it was their first string eleven. I'm talking cuck. Um, what did you think of Luis Diago's performance? I know him, Beast, Good. and Bongi all starting in what looked like a virtually first choice eleven, considering it was most of the team that played the All Blacks. Do you think they've now suddenly leapfrogged those who started against the All Blacks? Uh, in Diago's case, would be Franco Mostad. Beast is quality, uh, so he would be, I guess, leapfrogging. Obviously, Trevor's gone. On. He's gone. Uh, sorry, Trevor. Injured, uh, Stephen Kitsoff, probably not, I'd suggest. Uh, Bongi, mm. if he started in the quarterfinal, I don't think there'd be anybody unhappy. It's almost like Marks is coming coming along off the bench. Uh, but do you think Diago's going to stick? He had a very good game. I I think so someone pointed out on, on the chat group earlier, it depends on the opposition. So Mostert's obviously like the much more technical, workman-like player. Whereas Lewitt is like the more physical, dominating ball carrying uh, option. Mm-hmm. So, like I think if we if we come up against if we come up against Ireland, I think we should play um, Lewitt because I'm quite worried about their forward pack mm-hmm. uh, with guys like Tad Furlong and uh, James Ryan. They've got like a lot of beef, and I think we will need someone who can front up to them quite physically. If we do come up against Japan, I'm comfortable leaving Lewitt on the bench and playing Franco Master ahead of him because he's the much more technical workman-like player that you can expect to get through 80 minutes and make 20-plus tackles, mm, which, yeah. according to the according to the Ireland game, is what Japanese the, the Japanese are going to demand of you. Um, I'm not super worried about their second row in terms of physicality. They've got, uh, well, Vimpy van der Valt sometimes uh, and the old guy, what's his name? James something, isn't it? Or just, uh, um, Jimmy, John, Jimothan. Who is he? Uh, anyway. Um, yeah, so he... Like, the two of them are not, like, super... super men. Um, and I think that Franco Master can kind of outperform them in the line-out. 
Yeah. Okay. I was close. Yeah. Yeah. And um, anyway, so so yeah, I would I would pick Franco Mostert against Japan. I'd pick I'd pick Lourdes against Ireland. I'd have the other one on the bench either way. Um, and then similarly against Wales, I think against Wales, I'd I'd also go with Mostert just because he keeps the Welsh seem to keep the game quite close. Um, and even though like you think you you need like a physical guy for that, Lourdes like a bit more fair. He like he actually likes a wider game. And I think you just need someone who's just going to tackle, tackle, tackle all day long, and that's Franco Mastered in a nutshell. Mm. Um, if we get Australia, I'm going to go Lurt because he can bully their forwards. Um, if we pick Lurt, they, they're kind of forced to almost pick Salakai Lotto at blindside because if they come at, at a forward pack that's got Lurt de Jager, Ebenitz, Beth, Peter Steftitoy, uh in it, and Dwayne Vermeulen, and they come at us with like Hooper and Pocock and Nicerani, I think we've got them. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's kind of how I see it playing out with those two. Sorry, I went I went pretty deep down the rabbit hole there, but yeah. Hmm. Uh, other interesting takeaways: Pimpy getting a couple of tries as well. Um, nobody picked up serious injuries. Cheson Colby is the greatest African rugby player of the century this year. Um, he's, I, I looked at his stats. He's only played a handful of tests, just uh, I think like ten or eleven. Even Lukanya Um. He's another player that doesn't have a lot of caps. But it seems Colby and the public at large appears to recognize that he's so key that without him, there, there, there would be a morning in the street as well. Very good first <laughs> try, uh, I must say. It was a very nice step. Good pass by Vili. The Petty couldn't put it in front of him. <laughs> uh, and uh, then a decent second. And then also a very good uh, very good finish for the second. What did you make of LaRue's performance? Always a player that's under a lot of pressure. I think he, he, he did Vili LaRue things, in a sense. Mm. Created opportunities for yeah. others, but also had that <laughs> when he. Uh, oh, geez, he took the fresh scrubber. Yeah, yeah. yeah that <laughs> was... God, he had a, He's got like a brick for a left foot or something. Like that just it just dropped right where it was. And you can see That's the terrible. shame. You can see the shame. He just wanted to bury yeah. himself. No, no, that that there was a slow mo shot of his heart sinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I still, I'm, I'm still very concerned. Like I think it was, it was a seven out of ten performance. That's what I gave him in my ratings. Uh, if you want to see the full ratings, you can check them on the Facebook group, Elite Rugby Banter. But uh, please don't come and, and be racist or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but the same performance against a good team, a Tier 1 team, um, would probably get him like a, a 5 or a 6 out of 10 because that's not good enough. We we need more from him. And like so much of our game plan, it's like I was saying about Ireland earlier, so much of our game plan re- re- revolves around Pollard able being able to take the uh, take the ball up to the line flat and hard and then kick, mm. and Vili being able to take the ball at depth and spread it wide when we need to. And if he can't do that reliably and consistently, then I think we need another fullback. Well, we do. Uh, uh, after Jesse Creel, who unfortunately left the World Cup squad, um, which is, that's very unlikely, he's been a key part of the team for the past uh, three to four seasons, Damon Willemser was called up. He was playing for Saracens at yeah. the time. Um, I think we're, I, I, we're going to chat a little bit about the team selection now for the, the Canada match, but Willemser, do you think, might be a better option? He won't be thrown in, but the fact that he's in and around the squad, he's starting at 15 against Canada, does, does, does that put a smile on your face? Yeah, big time. Um, I'm still, yeah, I, I, I think, I don't know if he's there as a replacement for Vili, uh, which is why I don't think I would have picked him at fullback for this game. I think he's there as the replacement for Jesse Creel, who was like the utility back. He was like the perfect 23. So I think we're going to see Willemse leapfrogging for the quarterfinals. I think he's going to be on the bench, which is 
pretty mm. crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but amazing. I, I love it. Like, he's... I mean, can you just imagine having... Having Herschel Yanchi's... Um, Herschel Yanchi's, Damien Vilimsa, and Chesen Colby on the field at the same time. Like, that is... Oh, yeah, it's, <laughs> exactly. So, but it, it, I'm I'm I'm, fe- I'm feeling the way Matt sounds right now. Um, <laughs> so it's very cool, and like, but the thing is, you, then you need him to be able to come on in a number of different positions. So he'd be the backup to Pollard at ten. He'd be the yeah. backup to Valilio at fifteen. He'd probably be the backup to Lukanyama at thirteen, which is where I would have played him this week for that reason. Uh, because if you have a situation where DDA and and um go off, which is what we've been doing, yes. Then you need to bring on Stain at twelve and Williams at thirteen, which hasn't been tested. Um, but either way, like it's just it's super exciting. Um, I believe this is the first of at least three World Cups that Damien Williams is going to attend. I don't think he'll make four. No, but, I wonder um, who's a bigger fan of him, you or Sia Kalisi? <laughs> um, I don't know. Sia, yeah, Sia was pretty stoked to see him. That's Fuck Sia was. I think. <laughs> they, I don't think a person could have walked through that door to make Sia look happier on this planet. Yeah. Uh, okay, look, we'll, yeah. we'll chat soon about the Canada game. But uh, just any other pointers from that performance? Italy. Um, I'm sorry, Sergio Paris. <laughs> You've always deserved better. So uh, Italy. Uh, they've, they've been good against the Munners, but against the big boys, uh, they've, they've suffered. Um, and uh, yeah, I agree with Alex. They're not really tier one at all. Uh, just other, other few points from that before we just maybe chat about uh, the upcoming games and the box selection for Canada. Uh, just the last one for me is shout yeah. out to Jake Paledri, who topped the carry <laughs> stat. He topped the, ca- the carry and tackle stats for both teams on the day, which is pretty insane. Normally you'll see like the carries being dominated by the team with most possession tackles being dominated by the other team and today he or on Saturday Friday sorry he topped both of those stats which is so, insane do you think he just heard us talking about how uh, Italian rugby should just shut down after Parise so he's like no 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 I've got one more reason why Italian yeah. rugby should stick around <laughs> not on my watch Jake Paledri yeah he's great I look forward to watching a lot more of him yeah Okay, what's next? All right, uh, well, let's do the previews. Okay, well, first one. South Africa versus Canada. The team has been named. So, just a quickie run through it. Mm. Uh, we've got Willems at 15, uh, Galant at 14. So, you reckon Galant, uh, he won't make these, but he won't be on the bench I... for quarterfinals. So, you, what, just, a, just a quick aside to deal with your points. So, you reckon we'll have three backs in the bench, uh, Yankees, Stain, and Willemser? Yeah. Yeah, yes. uh, that, that yes. does for me for a lot of confidence. But, I mean, Galant was never going to be a bench player for us anyway. He's no. basically a fullback specialist at this point. Like, he can play wing, but it's not where he's needed. Are you sure Helen said 14? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm also I'm a bit confused by that because I saw a team sheet that had him at 11. And 11, yeah. I got a course yeah, sheet here at 11 as well. Because uh, I'm looking at the one that the box put out, the one that was in the group that Phil shared, and that uh, had Helen at 11. Uh, no, that'd probably be more accurate then. No, but it makes more sense that Galant plays 14 than 11 because at least Spoo has... Uh, like experience at 11 and Holland being a 15 plays better at 14 as well. So your way sounds more correct. That's why it looked funny to me when I saw it earlier today. Yeah, I don't know, but either way, it doesn't. I don't think it changes too much. Yeah. No. Look, they wings. I don't know why I care this much. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't think I don't think we'll ever see Holland on the bench for the box at this World Cup. Like I think he was there as a specialist replacement for if he got injured. Mm. Yeah. Um, then you got uh, I, it, 
Damon Darlander at 13, so it just kind of answers the question of what will happen with Jesse Creel being injured. And stand at 12, front stand. Sabun Corsi at 11, uh, could be uh, Corsi and Holland switch, just as Matt noted. Yankees at 10, geez, he needs a good performance. Um, he didn't play that well in Namibia at all, but maybe it's because he was put in fear by the Namibian defense, who knows. Quibus Reinach at 9, uh, his World Cup also, come to an end. How good does Quibus Reinach look in that picture of the team sheet? I think you guys need to look at it. Like they've scaled him up like 1.15 or something because he he's bigger than <laughs> like it almost looks like they've got Malhaber's photo there by Quibus Reinach's name. Yeah, he looks <laughs> he looks huge. Hey guys, like you know guys, this, you know. No, 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 I'm not. Don't make fun of Malhaber's weight, guys. Come on. I'm not making fun of Malhaber's weight. I'm saying Malhaber <laughs> is definitely a bigger human being than Quibus Reinach. Yes, yeah. or no. Malhaber's like six. And I'm just saying they look like they used his stock photo instead of Reinach's. They're both normal size. Yeah. For, yeah. They're both normal size for their position and what is required of them in their yeah. position. Uh, Ranach at 9. Then you've got Franz Lowe, uh, Flew at 8. Jorge Smith, 7. Circulisi, 6. Uh, getting back to match fitness, which is nice. Franco Mostat at 5. Excuse me. Archeus Neumann, who I thought was one of the better replacements against Italy. He's, re- he's off letting games really nice as well. Then you've got Vincent Koch at 3. Scott Britz, 2. And then Thomas Detoy uh, at 1. And then the bench... Uh, Marks, Kitsoff, Malhaber, Etzebeth, Dutoy, Yankees, Pollard, Rue. It's very much a B team, but I guess in a sense they're all trying to fight for spots. Uh, I guess the one to watch will be Damian Vinimsa. Canada, they've also released their team, just for anyone interested. Andrew Coe at 15, Jeff Hassler at 14, Connor Trainer, uh, ooh, Sherbert, Kieran Hearn, DTH Funnamurva, the legend, Peter Nelson, mm. Phil Mack, Tyler Ardron, also a legend at 8. Then he's the captain, Matt Heaton, Lucas Rumble, Kyle Bally, Evan Olmsted, Jake Ilnicki, Andrew Quatron, and Hubert Bidens. Uh, Canada have not had a good World Cup. So, this game... When is this game, actually? Damn it, I have a... Wednesday. It's on Tuesday. Tuesday, it's on Tuesday. Tuesday night. Tuesday night. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Tuesday uh, during the middle is... of the day for you. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, so, this this is going to be... This is going to be DTH, DTH Fun last World Cup game, right? I mean... Yeah. It could even yeah, be his last international game. I wouldn't be surprised if he retired from internationals after this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I hope I hope that he gets a bit of royal treatment from the box. I mean, he is a South African born and raised. He played Borderland rugby in his youth. So, yeah, um, little tidbit from the game. Quite an interesting little mini narrative for you. Uh, yeah. Hopefully they let him take the kick, the last kick. <laughs> if they if they get a kick. <laughs> oh no wait, they still have to play Namibia. What am I saying? Uh, oh, sorry, no. fuck. Uh, sorry, I, I fucked that up. Um, they still have Namibia in the last yeah, next weekend. Um, all right, forget us anything. Adam, <laughs> cut, cut this cut this part out of the episode when you when you do your round of editing. Uh, <laughs> do you see when you? I'm no, very part speaking of Adam's Even. editing. Adam's seamless splicing of the two episodes. I, I like <laughs> Alex's optimism. I hope Adam splices you seamlessly. Yeah, I'm just I'm, Adam. Part no, Adam two. Not. I don't. I don't, <laughs> I don't like challenges, and I actually really tried to, to not. To not no, Adam was so fucking. I smelt it out for you when I sent you the email. But anyway, I, I know, but I so thought. Oh, okay, well, I, I tried. No, 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 it'll, it'll, like, it's all good content like, for all. You just subverted exactly what they said. It was like, <laughs> yeah. So I hope Alex, no one notices this, and then you just, yeah, part two. <laughs> um, 
but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's right. It's all good content for the DVD blooper reel. Yes, I'm sure. So, so um, yeah, B team. So look, let's, let's, we're looking at Super Bowl right now. They are playing at the Kobe Masaki Stadium in Kobe. <coughs> what score will South Africa likely win by? Uh, I think it's going to be a big one because of the personnel. I think this is the kind of team that the box can win big with. Yeah, I went 43 on my Super Bowl. I don't know how That's I got. Yeah, fine. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to say 50. Uh, let's say 50, 53. All right, then I'll split the difference between you guys at about 47. Uh, that, that seems about right. Because uh, everyone's okay. going to pick up dish. That's why. That's just yeah. like, fuck it. Mm. Then Argentina versus USA. Argentina, their World Cup is over, which is a, a shame. So they're flattered to deceive, unfortunately. So they're against USA. Uh, they might be angry. Uh, they're either going to put up a huge score or get rolled by the US. <laughs> <laughs> like there's no middle yeah. ground they're either going to put like fucking 80 points on the US or like the US are going to get like their first World Cup win from a team <laughs> that's not there like somehow it's yeah. just going to be like empty shirts just lying on the field the Argentinians aren't even going to pitch up yeah yeah like Creevy's probably just going to punch like Matera yeah and, <laughs> so and like, knock, through it, the knock him like punches <laughs> and then <laughs> the red cop and like they'll just be done to like <laughs> 13 minutes for the rest of the game mm. and then they'll just stage a walk off like they won't they won't they won't come back on the field at halftime they'll have like a little mini uh, revolution against the Desma at halftime <laughs> revolution and that'll <laughs> hasta la victoria yeah. and that'll just be the, that'll just be the end of their world cup <laughs> or they come out like, in the second half in shaking yeah, t-shirts gonna, it's gonna be awkward like and then and then as like as the stadium's emptying and like everyone's kind of awkwardly going home, then they'll decide to come out again. And like, no, no out gonna... for a traditional Argentinian scrum and just roll through the side of the stadium. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I have yeah, Argentina I think, uh, winning by thirty-five. <sighs> yeah, fine. Like, yeah, like they're either going to win by that, or like I said, mm. they're either going to win or not pitch up at all. There's there's no middle ground in this game, I think. Yeah. Um. That game's on Wednesday. On Monday, there is no rugby. So, at least they're getting the schedule quite right. So, the first one is South Africa on Tuesday. The game... Jeez, the Argentina game is at 6.45am. Watch it before you go to work, if, if you really want to. South Africa 12.15... Or watch it over lunch, if you meet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I might actually watch it. Yeah, I've, got public, I've also got a public... I, I like this. They've scheduled it for my public holiday on Wednesday. Three weekday games in on my public holiday. Bizarre. I'll consider it. <laughs> the most considerate people, especially from like a trade war going on with us. <laughs> uh, then we have the uh, at the Shizoka Stadium, Ekopa, Ekopa, I don't know, at, at uh, Fukuroi. That, that's on that's, again also Wednesday, nine fifteen. Scotland versus Russia. Uh, Scotland favourites to state the obvious. Uh, well, I haven't won probably by about forty. The Russia do try hard. Yeah, I think this uh, was. Russia, I went, I went Russia by one on this one. I want, I want, what? I want, the, <laughs> I want you're the doing brain. a bit. You're doing a bit. Ignore him, Adam. Just ignore him. No. Um, do you want that badge that says you're like, like implosion bad badge for Super Brew? Where you make just a bad pick, like super bad pick. You get that badge. Where, like, then I would have picked Russia by like 20, not Russia by one. <laughs> See, I'm hedging my bets that Scotland's not going to put many points <laughs> on Russia. Okay, we'll find out. Uh, and then, uh, well, a bit of an intriguing game. Wales versus Fiji. 
if uh, Wales aren't careful. Like, I mean, I, I, that's at the Oita Stadium in Oita again on Wednesday. So, full, as Matt said, full round of fixtures on Wednesday. That's at 11.45, South African time. Um, I mean, you're back Wales to win here. They have looked quite good, I must say. But, but maybe by about, like, 15 to 20. That sort of yeah, I think 14. Because, yeah, I don't think Wales is a significant try-scoring nation. Yeah. Uh, that probably adds up, I think. Look, I think I think what we're going to see is like is Fiji's going to come out swinging, and I think I don't think they believe they can win, um, yeah. which is obviously a problem. But I think they kind of accepted the fact that they will come after, <coughs> after the loss to Australia. Mm. Um, Wales will be targeting this as a must-win yeah, to ride some momentum into the quarterfinals and top the pool. So they're going to come out with their big guns, and I think Fiji just want to kind of. Make a bit of a statement after losing to Uruguay, show that they're not pushovers, come out swinging and do a bit of damage. Uh, but ultimately, I think we can expect them to kind of capitulate a bit to what will probably be a very switched-on Welsh team. So I think 14 sounds right. So. All right, and uh, so it is. Um, my, yeah. I think my biggest prediction for that game is Fiji to injure at least two Welsh players. Yeah, that, that's that's what I'm backing on. Yeah, pretty much. I'm hoping that like for, even like today in the Namibia New Zealand game, I was like, these guys just need to do the rest of us a bit of like Namibia boys just need to do the rest of the countries a bit of a favor. Like take like, a six week ban and just dump. Yeah, on, like, just take out take out like Brady Rotatic's knee or something. Like just take a bit of take a piece of them home with you. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping Fiji do the same. Yeah, because we'll, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll probably play Fiji. Yeah, we'll rugby clearly we'll have no appetite to uh, ban all blacks, uh, even when it's uh, they, there's a really good chance that they should be back here at Reed and talking about you. Uh, on that very sour note, <laughs> sorry, I apologize. Is there anything further to add? Otherwise, we, we could wrap this up. Gents, it's been mildly efficient. <laughs> I'm impressed. I think we're good. Yeah, um, I just missed the start of a Dota match, but that's okay. I can. I'll join um, for the next one. I'm probably going to go shopping now for groceries. Matt, are you going to go to bed? I'm going to bed. Nice. Mm, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm gonna have a braai this evening. I've got some scarf right. choppies right. from the farm that right, I brought okay. back last week. And then on tomorrow, I'm making a birthday cake for my wife. Oh, I'm having. I'm having my a Woody's birthday. pie for lunch. Uh, I did buy some. Uh, I did buy some oxtail. Was it oxtail? Ooh. I have some in yeah, the freezer, so I just need to get the other ingredients. You've, you've left that a bit late if you want to do that today. Yeah. Oh, no, no, that's not, yeah, that's, no. Totes not happening today. Um, at some point, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, maybe oh. just weekend. I had, I had a pie for, for brunch. We went to, the, there's an essay place called Pie Republic, which is oh, the okay. weirdest thing, because there's a Korean dude behind the counter, <laughs> and he has a Cape Town accent. And like, oh, I, cool. I nearly fell out my chair when he like opened his mouth. I'm like, hey, sir. <laughs> so, so we hit him with because the Koreans here all ask you where are you from and so like, <laughs> our whole table like looked at him when he spoke and we were like where are you from <laughs> like we we yeah. one eighty. <laughs> yeah, classic yeah. um, alright no, so, you, so you also got a pie guy that's cool you, you and Ben both are pie guys yeah, it's important to have a good pie in one's life yeah my pie guy is like a 50 minute train ride though, on a good day <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's okay they better be good pies and to our listeners, I hope it's been worth it for you. Uh, thank you very much for, for listening to this episode of Elite Rugby Banter. Alex, uh, thanks very much. Good luck with the You're baking. And, and have a good one. Thank good you luck, very much. Good luck with your Dota game. Uh, Matt, uh, please get some sleep. Uh, those messages yeah. you sent us about, uh, they are worrying. You know, just, just take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure Wednesday, that is the... 
What's happening on Wednesday? Oh, it's the it's the next episode of, of the RB Rugby World Cup weekly. We will <laughs> we will be here. What's happening Wednesday? Oh yeah, that thing I record. Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, peace catch us uh, on Wednesday, and we will be back on Sunday. Sunday, by the way, that's the Japan Scotland game. So I will probably be be recording after that game. Uh, we'll see how it goes. If you ever listening, thanks. We will catch you on Wednesday.